Welcome back, everybody, to Menace Podman, your NBA and fantasy basketball podcast. I'm Scott Keller, along with Steve St. Pierre, and the NBA free agency official period is almost upon us. Um, starts 6 p.m. Friday, June 30th. So we're recording this on Thursday, tomorrow, and uh, it's going to be fun. A um, lot, of, lot of stuff to look forward to, a lot of action, a lot of movement coming up here in the next uh, few days, weeks, month. It's going to be busy, but we're going to be covering the whole thing, and it's going to be great. Looking forward to it. Um, just some quick housekeeping programming notes I wanted to get out there. Um, I just saw, I think an email came across yesterday and some notice that Stitcher is actually being discontinued uh, starting on August 29th. So I know some of our listeners actually listen to us on Stitcher. Um, I think it's a small amount of you. Maybe I think it's like 2% or something of the listeners, but uh just in the meantime, obviously, we're on all these other um, platforms that you can find us on. So if you do listen to us on Stitcher, just find another place uh, <laughs> to listen to us in the future. Um, but basically, what's happening is SiriusXM uh, owns Pandora, owns Stitcher, a bunch of uh, those platforms. And they're just kind of looking to way to incorporate podcasts into their subscription service, which will be coming later in the year. Um, Makes sense. So, yeah, trying to get some money there. And uh yeah, we'll see what happens with that uh, going forward. But, um, you know, we are free and we intend to always be free, barring something, some super crazy offer from ESPN or something. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. But uh, anyways, we got, a, we got a whole bunch of stuff today. Um, we got our NBA draft impressions. We got um, trades and free agency stuff to discuss. We got the WNBA update, as always. Um, so without further ado, let's get this started. Name on your paper, first thing. Um, so to start off, I just got some two uh, good things. Actually, I think I got three good things, so I'll try and do this really quickly here. But first, <laughs> um, Spotify and UNICEF actually just partnered up to support mental health uh, by bringing power of audio to millions. So those two have teamed up, and they're working on uh, getting access to uh, podcasts, uh, maybe not ours specifically, but like ours and um, specific just music out to um, people all over the world that, you know, need some help, including, you know, young people, refugees, displaced people. Um, and they're, they're first, they're focusing on the Ukraine area and things like that. So nice. cool partnership between those two. Um, and then also I wanted to get, just mention this. I saw this on Twitter. I saw a video and I don't know, maybe this is old news. This is over a year old, but uh, it's been all over the place. It got tons of social media views. They were talked about on Good Morning American and all this stuff, but actually local to us somewhat on the west side of Michigan in Zeeland, Michigan, uh, there was a, a, a blind girl there, um, a student by the name of Jules uh, Hoagland or Hoogland. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, she was 11th grader then at the time. Um, basically, Zeeland, they have this Z-Links program, and it's a unified sports program. And they basically pair up um, special education students uh, with other students, and they assist them in, in sports and all these things. So there's actually a video, I retweeted it, um, of this uh, blind girl playing in a basketball game there. And basically, there's 2,500 people in like the auditorium. Everybody gets super quiet, and then this lady just bangs a stick on the back of the backboard. Um, so she can kind of hear, you know, where she's shooting. That's great. Goes up there, shoots this free throw, makes it, and the whole crowd just goes nuts. It's it's a sweet video. That's what sports is all about right there. That's awesome. But yeah, so just had to share that. I thought that was sweet. And the other thing I wanted to share, yep. Kyrie gets a lot of bad rap. Um, I just realized that he goes on like GoFundMes all the time, and he just drops thousands of dollars for different causes, everything from like funeral expenses to uh you know high profile cases and justice and things like that and uh international protests all these different things that he might believe in but um i, I just thought it was cool that he goes out there and kind of you know drops some cash all over the place so he's he means well i actually i'm a fan of Kyrie, even though he gets a bad rap sometimes but uh he's, he's just he's a he's a different guy but i like yeah him. there's a lot more to him than just his handles <laughs> exactly Oh, 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 my handles. Oh, my handles. Oh, my handles. 
<laughs> I'm so glad you reminded me to do that. <laughs> Anyways, so that was just a, a few of the, the good things to start the show off. Um, just some kind of off subject, not on, not on the draft and free agency stuff. Um, I saw that Slam Ball is returning to ESPN on July 21st. Yep. <laughs> They're actually going to play in Las Vegas. I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm sure a lot of people remember Slam Ball back in the day and the the, the contact and the, the, the boards and stuff. It was like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it, but hockey, basketball, trampolines. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what else do you need? <laughs> exactly. So, so that's returning. I thought that was pretty cool. So go check that out. I think it's a two-year contract they signed. So, so that's fun. Sweet. And then uh, that made me think about the big three and I saw the big three uh, ice cubes, you know, big three mm -hmm. is uh, coming to Detroit here locally in like August or something, I believe. And I was like, I wonder if that's any good anymore <laughs> or it was, I don't think it ever was any good. It gets bad rap, but I don't know. They got some cool players out there. I mean, I looked up some rosters and they got Joe Johnson, Richard Lewis, Mario Chalmers, Leandro Barbosa, and even uh, yeah. Jason Richardson. Yeah. So. Not much else going on in August either. So um, I'd probably be down with checking it out. Yeah. So we'll have to look into that. Maybe uh, they yeah. even got some cool coaches like, uh, Lisa Leslie is a coach mm -hmm. that all these random people too, that are, I don't know. Be I know Rick Mahorn was doing it at one point. I don't know if he still is. I'm not sure. I didn't scrape through the rosters as well as I should have, but <laughs> I saw the big names of the players. I know that for sure. Yeah. But, uh, no, I had to look it, into it. Yeah. It might be worth, I don't even know how much that stuff costs. Maybe it's uh, not worth the price of admission, but we can find out. Forward. Exactly. And then lastly, again, just kind of in the news stuff, if you like Steph Curry, um, he's got a documentary, Underrated, coming out, but it's Apple TV+, Plus, so who knows how many people have that. It looks kind of interesting, though. It looks like it was put together pretty well. I watched the preview and whatnot, so if you don't like Steph, obviously you probably won't like it, but <laughs> <laughs> just kind of goes into his, you know, scrawny, small, underrated, but he was drafted, what, like seventh, is it? Seventh or eighth, I can't remember now. So Yeah, I think it was seventh. Yeah. So not too underrated in my mind, but hey. <laughs> I mean, nobody knew how great he was gonna be. I mean, everybody knew that he was a good shooter, and obviously coming from a family of shooters, <laughs> but you know, I don't think anybody knew to what extent it would be. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple uh, of general managers and um, you know, presidents of operations and whatnot lost their jobs because of that draft. So exactly. But yeah, Hey, any of these, any of these players that become on the possible Mount Rushmore of NBA are definitely underrated at some point. Yeah. I don't think anybody expects, unless you're LeBron, but he's still based on what he's done in his career. I mean, yep. he's probably underrated too. So For <laughs> if, sure. you, if you put it that way, but also too, and if you listen to this today on Thursday, uh, Steph and Clay are playing in the match tonight against uh, uh, Kelsey and Mahomes. So, if oh, you're yeah, into I golf tonight, yeah, if you're into golf and you're into you know watching the basketball players and football players play against each other, cool. I probably won't watch it personally, but it's probably entertaining to some. Yeah. Anyways, so that's the fun stuff. Now let's uh, get into uh, the NBA. Draft. Some other fun stuff. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah, NBA draft was what the day after we recorded, I think. Yes. we recorded on draft Eve. I remember. Yep. Um, so yeah, I guess, I don't know. I wanted to correct myself too. I said something in the last podcast. I said, players getting drafted in the second and third rounds. <laughs> and I went back and listened to that. Obviously there was no third round. So yeah, we were, we were kind of going and, you know, we both just kind of, you know, I think, you know, Pretty much the point was made, you know, that there are guys later in the draft, too, that are noteworthy and, and things happen later in the draft and even after the draft that you have to pay attention to and stay on top of. Correct. And that's why we're going to have the conversation today that we're going to have. So, yeah, I was going to say, speaking of after the draft stuff, too, I had to go up and look up. I was at two way contracts. I obviously knew a little bit about you're playing 
developmentally and you can go back on the, the official roster. So I knew a bit about that, but I looked up, you know, the, the fine details of it. But what I didn't know was I kept seeing all the things about the Exhibit 10 contracts. And I was like, what the hell are these? And I had no <laughs> idea what they were. And then basically found out it's what, just a one-year minimum salary contract. And- They're essentially just training camp invites. They're just contracts for you to attend training camp and essentially try out for the team. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not something that's guaranteed. I mean, you, you're guaranteed your time in training camp and, you know, players are compensated for that. But as far as, you know, making the roster, making the team, it's just, it's essentially an invite to training camp. Good deal. Cause yeah, I kept seeing all the, the Woj tweets and, uh, uh, chums and stuff too. So. I was like, what the heck is that? Yeah, because <laughs> that's what happens as soon as guys don't get drafted. Teams are immediately calling and trying to secure those guys, you know, to at least bring them in, you know, to training camp to see if they're worth an extra look. And that's how we've seen a lot of these guys in recent years, you know, um, the Austin Reeveses and the uh, Alex Caruso's and, and guys like that, that, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. You know, that's how they started. Yeah. I was say, is there even a reason why it's two, two rounds only? Is it more or less? Because the two, the, okay, I assume it's the same as other drafted players get different kind of more guaranteed contracts, I would assume. Correct? And then. Yeah. But I mean, the biggest thing is just there aren't that many players. There aren't that many jobs. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we've talked about it before. It's, you know, 12 players in a rotation. Sure. Um 15 total on a roster and now it's going to be 16 we'll eventually get into the cva we'll get into some of the um, changes with this new agreement that's in place but uh, one of the ones is the fact that teams now have three two-way contract slots instead of just two so now three players total can have two-way contracts per team so that's you know 30 extra jobs in the nba so that's cool Exactly, And it's a chance for, you know, more players who are out there to have a chance to play in the NBA. And what's cool about two-way um, roster spots is um, they split their time between the pro team and the G League. One in, one out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it's a way for, you know, guys to kind of be there in case, you know, anybody goes down with an injury or something like that. You've got, you know, kind of backup options that you can turn to in a pinch. And, and again, it's just a way to further evaluate somebody that you want to get a look at and see, you know, Hey, is there a future for this player? Maybe there isn't, you know, anything that we could do with him right now, but in a year or two, you know, if he continues to develop, let's, let's keep him in house and, uh, you know, give him an opportunity. Nope, nope. Definitely a good move adding that third one. Um, but yeah, I guess I kind of made us digress from the draft a little bit more. No, but, no uh, worse. Yeah, yeah, back onto that. Um, I, I guess I don't have any huge takeaways from the draft. I do realize that I think we mentioned that we thought there was going to be a bunch of trades. There really wasn't. Um, a lot of what was mocked up was really, really good and really close to what happened. Um, so it, was, it almost came out kind of somewhat predictable in a way, but I, I know you saw... Um, a few teams that you wanted to mention that you thought had really good drafts. Yeah, there weren't a lot of trades during the draft, but there were big trades made before um, and and not really after yet, but there will be, and we'll get into it. But, um, you know, teams are being very strategic right now with how they're going to be spending their money. And we're going to get into all that too. I think that's a big reason why there weren't a lot of trades done during the draft. Um, I think a lot of teams kind of already had their math done as far as their draft picks to kind of slot those guys in already for their, you know, their salary caps. So, um, but yeah, a couple of teams that really stood out to me, really all three teams from Texas, you know, obviously San Antonio having the number one pick. I think they got it right. We'll see. <laughs> but um, yeah, Victor Wembanyama, uh, pretty much a no brainer. He slots right in for them. <laughs> I'm going to use that for Victor. Nice. Um, Yeah, I I think that was a no-brainer move. And then um, I really liked what Dallas did. Dallas did a lot of stuff. We'll get into the trades, but uh, 
they made a really big one. They traded um, Davis Bertans, they, his huge contract. They were able to get that off their books by sending him and the number 10 pick, which was Kaysen Wallace, to OKC. And they got back number 12, and they took Derek Lively, who I really like for them. I think he's a great fit for Dallas. Um, young, athletic, big guy. I think he'll play really well with Luka um, in the pick and roll. I think he's a great fit. And then they also got um, a trade exception from OKC that they turned around and flipped to Sacramento, and they took back Rashawn Holmes. And I think Holmes is a like pretty big sleeper candidate in fantasy this year if you know things kind of shape up the way that they're looking for the Mavericks' front court. So I I really like those moves. I think, you know, that makes them a lot better in the short term. You know, long term, we'll have to see what else they're going to do. You, you mentioned Kyrie. Yeah. He's pretty big free agent this year. So, you know, we'll have to see. Yeah. I was going to say, and also now with the pickups like Lively and stuff, you got these, the, like the Christian Woods and the Dwight Powells, the, the big guys there who are unrestricted free agents now too. So. Yeah, I think they pretty much already said Woods not coming back. And Powell, I mean, who knows? They Again, they've got to be really careful with how they're spending money. All these teams do. So, you know, guys like them, they might have to wait a little bit. So, um, in any case, yeah, I really like Dallas's draft. And then I like what Houston did. You know, Houston, obviously, um, they went with Eamon Thompson, um, the first of two Thompson twins. Hold me now. <laughs> I wish we could uh, take that clip. Yeah, I know. I thought about that too. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to have maybe Tim record that for us or something. Yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> and then um, Cam Whitmore, yep. Governor Whitmore, Governor wound up Whitmore. sliding all the way down. What was he, number 20? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And Pick so 20. he was. He found his way back all the way down, and, and Rockets took him. And that's a great pick. At that spot, just go for it. And I like what the Rockets are doing. They're getting – it sounds like they're setting themselves up for a really aggressive run here in free agency too, which I've got mixed feelings about that because I think you're going to kind of neglect some of these young guys that you've got. But um, we'll see how it plays out. In any case, they've set themselves up pretty nicely here in terms of their development. And, you know, they hired Udoka as their new head coach, so that's going to be, you know – it's already a controversial I would touch you right move. now if I could through the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and no. I've got nothing else to add to that. <laughs> no, it'll definitely be an interesting situation in Houston. I see how that works out. But yeah, I agree. I think their draft was great. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam, Cam Whitmore, like you said, slid down. I know there was rumors about uh, maybe some health stuff. I think something about a behavior a, stuff. A coach, a coach not talking highly of him or something um, yeah. in Villanova. I don't know, but regardless, even with those two things, a, a guy who was projected to be uh, maybe top five, right? And slide yeah. all the way down to 20. Yeah, I'd take that risk. And, you know, you can easily roll the dice on that one anytime you want. So, exactly. Um, I mean, when he fell out of the lottery at that point, any of those teams could have been like, all right, let's just roll the dice here. But yeah, um, yeah. Crazy. Houston got him. And I thought that was awesome for them. So, um, yeah, those were kind of the things that really stood out for me, non-trade wise. Yep, I would say the big ones for me. Obviously, I got to pat myself on the back. I was high in yes. Marcus Sasser. I was like, yes. hey, he's my sleeper. And then our Detroit Pistons went out and <laughs> moved up to get him at twenty-five in the first round. I think he was projected uh, like a mid-second round pick. So, um, pretty cool. I think that it. I, I think it's a great move. I just, I, I love his game. I love his aggressiveness. I just, uh, he plays both sides of the floor and things like that. So I, I think he could be very important to the Pistons going forward, but that's. And I am seen. fully convinced that Troy Weaver was listening to Menace Podman <laughs> and he <laughs> took know. that into uh, consideration and made the Menace Podman. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. No, I hope he was, but yeah, I'm sure he wasn't, but I don't know. There's a lot of things that get mentioned on this podcast that somehow come to life a little bit Stephen, eh? later. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, <laughs> but uh, yeah, know no, you're out far, there. <laughs> as far as other teams um, that I saw that I, I loved moves. Um, 
not huge. I, I thought everything was kind of how I thought the, I, I guess the Imani Bates one was kind of interesting with uh, yeah. Cleveland. I I don't know how to feel about that. It was, I think that was one of those take a chance type things. Um, yep. But why not? Yeah. Just, you know, again, roll the dice. Um, we've seen him do cool things and have great uh, potential. So I, I think that was kind of a cool move by them, especially where they were um, picking. Exactly. At that point of the draft. Um, just go for it. Yeah. The uh, Golden State, the uh, Trace Jackson Davis uh, from Indiana. I thought that was an interesting pick because he, yeah. he was talking about, you know, I'm going to make everybody, you know, regret passing up on me. And uh, being in Big Ten Nation, I watched a, a lot of Indiana basketball um, oh, yeah. over the, the past few years. And I like him. I, I think he's a good player and he, he brings a lot of energy. He's one of those energy guys. So, um, Obviously, he's a, a bigger guy, more of a center, but he, he kind of reminds me of uh, a center version of Jordan Poole, if that makes any sense. But yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like he can be a, a, a bench guy that makes a huge impact. So uh, in time coming up. So I thought that was a cool pick. Good call. Um, but yeah, I, I think. Uh, oh, Jaime Jaquez. I, I watched a lot of Jaime Jaquez, too, um, in UC, at UCLA, going to Miami. He seems like a heat culture kind of guy. I yeah, think absolutely. Yep. A lot of people were saying that I, and I agree. Um, I don't, he agreed. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, obviously there's lots of rumors with the, you know, Dame stuff floating around right now. I, I don't know. If That's true. Part of that. I, I assume he probably would be. Um, so maybe he doesn't good point. Yeah, stay there. We'll see. We'll see that going forward. Um, that, that, uh, as far as the bad pick, the Jet Howard pick <laughs> going yeah. to Orlando, I thought there was a giant reach. I'm not really sure um, what they're doing there, but I'm not. They, that's what I was going to say. I'm not ready to judge that pick yet because I'm not so sure that he's going to stay there. In fact, I'm pretty much thinking that about their entire roster right now. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe Boncaro. He might be the only safe one on their team. Everybody else could get traded at any time for anything <laughs> exactly and then uh portland i thought portland might have had one of the best drafts um top to bottom um grabbing scoot I not according that, to dame but yeah i know i like <laughs> i agree I, with I, you though i think what they did they made a draft that if you keep dame it's a good draft and if dame moves it's still a good draft and yep. that's what i like they kind of just were like I agree. You know, screw it we're not gonna think about best him. available exactly and i like I still liked Scoot over um, Brandon Miller, but obviously we talked about laugh draft too, where, you know, where they fit in and what, what uh, positions team are looking for. So, yeah, that's gonna, you know, we'll see how it plays out, but that looked like it was more of a fit type of pick for Charlotte at yeah. number two. And, you know, you and I kind of said, we were probably leaning the other way, but you know, I see both sides and yeah, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Exactly. And then the Chris Murray pick at 23. Um, I yeah, like that was pick. a good one. I think he's, he's so similar to his brother's game. Um, so I think he could uh, definitely be a difference maker there. Um, but yeah. So I guess when I go through it all, uh, Grady Dick, that was a good pick for Toronto. I think <laughs> uh, they can use him there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Whole I guess a whole bunch of good picks. I guess there's not a lot that I'm like, oh man, I really don't like that. So going back to that Murray pick, I just wanted to point out that that was one pick away from Sacramento. How cool would that have wow. been? Yeah. If the Kings took him with his brother. Would have been cool. Yeah. Definitely would have been cool. But yeah. I don't know. I guess they're both in the uh the Northwest now. So <laughs> that reminds me of when um I wanted Miami to take Jovich. Or I mean uh Denver to take Jovich and Miami. Yeah. Stepped in and got him a couple picks before. Exactly. I was pissed. Nicolo brothers. Denver got their revenge. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't know. I, I Golden nuggets. There. <laughs> Golden nuggets. I think, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I kind of jumped in after your Texas ones. Any other uh, draft things you wanted to, to mention? I kind of, I feel yeah. like I rattled them off. Sorry. <laughs> that, no, you're good, man. That, that summed it all up for me. I'm, I'm ready to talk some trades and free agency. Right. Let's do that. Let's jump into it. All right. So, you know, pretty much right where we left off last week, we were talking about Chris Depps Porzingis and the whole situation with Washington. They had just acquired Chris Paul and 
you know, poor Zingas had the player option and we were debating about what he was going to do. We really didn't know. Um, he wound up opting in so that he could get traded to the Celtics. So he goes to the, to Boston along with a 2024 first round pick, the Grizzlies get Marcus smart. So there's that veteran guard that we talked about that they could go out and try to get to replace Ja. Uh, for the first 25 games yep. and then ultimately wind up playing with Ja. Um, and then Tyus Jones, the guy that we said was going to be, you know, <laughs> again, the the replacement for Ja temporarily. He goes to uh, Washington along with Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala. So it's a three-way deal. Um, I think that's a really good trade for all three teams. Um, kind of gutsy for Boston just because, you know, Marcus Smart, you know, kind of a face of the franchise type of guy, you know, always, you know, wears his heart on his sleeve and, you know, he's got the green hair, you know, he really, you know, he really yeah, fit I, in with that whole, you know, with the fan base and everything just kind of. Yeah, but, I saw a lot of talk out there on Twitter, people disappointed that they uh, had had moved on from him at this moment. That I think a lot of people are like, "Well, maybe we can get him back," but um, in coming yeah. years. But uh, yeah, Porzingis is a pretty good addition to that Boston lineup. So, and they tried to trade Malcolm Brogdon instead of Smart, but you know, teams were hesitant on Brogdon because of his health history. And you know, I, I do think Marcus Smart is a great fit for Memphis. In fact, it reminds me a lot of uh, Tony Allen. You know, who went from Boston to Memphis. Sure. Yeah, you know, I saw that comparison as well. The Grindfather, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to work well. I think Marcus Smart's the kind of guy that John Morant needs with him, and I think the rest of that team needs. You know, somebody that's you know been through it before. You know, who's been to the finals and has that defense first mentality. Um, I think that's a great pickup for them. They both and, went to Oklahoma State too, if I remember correct. Huh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> uh, good call. And then uh, going back to Porzingis, you know, it's a it's definitely a, a risk reward kind of thing for the Celtics. You know, he's a great player. Um, you know, when he's healthy, he's awesome. You know, but can he stay healthy? And now being kind of like the you know, second slash third option on that team with Tatum and Jalen Brown. That's going to be an interesting fit, but I, I think, Jason Tatum. Yeah, but I think, um, Porzingis probably starts. I don't know if he's going to start at the four or the five, um, cause they could go really big and start Robert Williams in the middle. Um, they could start your boy, Al Horford. <laughs> um, I actually think this is a perfect time to bring Horford off the bench and start kind of transitioning him to more of like a second unit kind of guy and kind of limit him a little bit, kind of preserve him. I think this could be a good opportunity to do that. Um, but they're going to have to make some other calculated moves now because they've got some free agents. Um, there's a lot of talk about Grant Williams. They're going to try to bring him back, but they're going to have to be really strategic about what they can offer. So um, and then as far as their guard depth now with losing smart, you know, they're down to just Derek white and Brogdon. So, um, and you know, this is a, an opportunity for a guy like Peyton Pritchard to step in and get some more minutes at point guard. And, you know, I think he's earned that opportunity, but, um, you know, we'll have to see if they're going to bring in like another shooter. Maybe, um, they do still have Sam Hauser who looked really good at times. So I think, you know, there's probably more minutes available for him now. Um, it's going to be really interesting. And then with the wizards, we talked about it, man. Um, mm -hmm. and we'll get into the Chris Paul trade here. Um, but yeah, they're, they're pretty much in rebuild mode at this point. I think they're just building for the future and, you know, rolling the dice a little bit on some of their guys too. No, I completely agree. Um, I, I also with the Marcus Smart thing, it kind of defensive intensity kind of replaces the Dylan Brooks that you probably lose without yep. the Dylan Brooks personality though. So Exactly. <laughs> You've got a guy that, you know, has a personality of his own, but it's more proven. You know, he's been to the finals. He's well respected, defensive player of the year, you know. That kind of thing, you know. That's what they need. They need that experience. That's a great fit. Um, yeah. Did you have anything else on that trade or you want to get into the Chris Paul? 
Not much. I think you covered that pretty well. Chris Paul, yeah, you're going to pop in here. I was just going to mention one thing. I saw this sweet stat on Twitter with Chris Paul, and it had the team's win percentage before CP3 and then after CP3. And every team, between mm-hmm. Hornets, Clippers, Rockets, Thunder, Suns, every one jumped up at least 200 percentage points, like uh, pretty close. Yeah, you know, man. Hornets were 220 to 463, Clippers 390 to 606, Rockets 671 to 793, Thunder 598 to 611. That was probably the smallest yeah. one. And then Suns 466 to 720. So I thought it was an interesting stat. Absolutely. Cool. And that's what kind of what we talked about last week. You brought up the idea about him coming to the Pistons and, you know, we kind of laughed, but I mean, that's exactly what OKC did the year that they had him. They said, you know, we've got this young team, but let's go ahead and use Chris Paul and, you know, let's give him a year with SGA together. And, you know, yeah, they got to the playoffs and that was huge for like their young players' development. So, um, yeah, no. And and so we talked about, you know, was Washington going to go ahead and reroute him? That's exactly what happened. They wound mm-hmm. up. Um, time to go, Maryland. <laughs> yeah, really quickly time to go. Um, he wound up going to the Golden State Warriors. Um, pretty big trade. The Wizards got back Jordan Poole, Patrick Baldwin, Ryan Rollins, a 2030 first round pick and a 2027 second round pick. Um so again, like we said, Wizards are in full rebuild mode. Um, they've totally revamped their backcourt now with Tyus Jones, Jordan Poole. Um, you know, we'll see what they're going to do with the rest of their roster, but you know, they're looking like they're pretty much starting over. Um, and then, yeah, for the Warriors, Chris Paul. Now, there's a lot of debate about are they going to go with a really small starting lineup and have Chris Paul and Steph Curry together in the backcourt. Um, or will they bring CP3 off the bench and go with a more traditional, you know, Kevon Looney at the five? Um, I assume Draymond Green's going to still re-sign with Golden State. You know, he would start at the four. Yep. Andrew Wiggins at the three. Clay Thompson at the two. So, um, you know, we'll have to see what they do there. But that's, you know, basically what we're looking at right now. Yeah, I think because we saw um, uh, DiVincenzo, they did not uh, did not pick a player option, right? So. Yeah, and I didn't mention him last week, but that one was to me like pretty obvious. You know, he's going to get more money on the market, Correct. pretty much no matter what, because um, Golden State can't offer too much more. Um, but you know, they still can, and then other teams can go even above that. And he's a guy that I think, you know, competitive teams will try to go after. You know, they're not going to try to overpay too much but he's a guy that i think they can get aggressive on and say hey this can be a difference maker this can be somebody that we can bring into our rotation that can help us out give us some depth come playoff time so yeah and no offense to him but he's kind of to me in my mind like a poor man's josh hart in a way <laughs> yeah no i think that's rebounding i, I think um, that's fair yeah player but um yeah he's not a guy that i think is going to start anywhere but i think he's a valuable piece to a bench you know yeah and I also, and back when you're talking about Chris Paul coming off the bench or not, and we saw last year with Looney being, you know, moving in and out, and we were like, why, why is this so inconsistent and things? And they were doing weird stuff in the playoffs as well. I think, I think it's going to be like a matchup based thing. I think you're going to see him, you know, go small with the Chris totally. Paul starting sometimes, yep. and then sometimes not. I think it's going to go back and forth throughout the year. So. I couldn't agree more. I, I think that's exactly it. I think, and the other thing that people aren't really talking about these guys are all old, you know, like any of these guys could go (laughs) down with injury at any time. So um, in terms of fantasy, yeah, you're going to bump Chris Paul down your list quite a bit. You know, he's, he's coming off somewhat of a down year for him and he's older, but he's still, you know, solid. And he, you know, if he's, if he's filling in for anybody, if, if Steph goes down or if clay goes down or, you know, Wiggins was out for a long time last year, if something happens to him again, Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna use them in fantasy all day every day. So, um, yeah, we'll get more into the specifics on rankings and stuff, you know, at a later yeah. time. But um, yeah, he's, he's definitely of fantasy, still relevant. Say, speaking of fantasy, yeah, one guy that probably move up list is Jordan Poole. I would assume numbers just usage um, in Washington. The usage is going to go way up, but. You know, be careful because sometimes that can be a bad thing too. Percentages and stuff are going to be a little shaky. Turnovers are going to be bad. Um, But you're right. I mean, we'll have to kind of see what else. Again, we'll have to see what they do with the rest of their team. 
Uh, I'm more excited about Daniel Gafford on their team. I think yeah. with uh, Por- Porzingis out of the way and, you know, a lot of the guards, you know, you know, the, the like you said, the usage and stuff is going to go up. So now, like, not only will you get the rebounds and the defense, but, like, who knows, you might get a little more offense out of him too. And, you know, with the percentages and everything, like, that, that just screams, you know, solid production from the big man spot, which is what we've talked about. That's what you want in fantasy. But um, getting back to the trades, sure. John Collins was finally moved, man. This guy's <laughs> been on the trade market for, like, feels like a decade now. Yeah, um, we we talk about it every year, multiple times. I swear, yeah. it just never went away. Yeah, I felt bad for him. Like, I mean, you know, he's he's not great, but he's solid, and he's had um, a couple of years where he's been really good. You know, in fantasy and in real life, you know, just really huge for their you know playoff runs and stuff that they had. But anyways, the Hawks um, have traded John Collins to the Utah Jazz. Um, and not much in return. They get Rudy Gay and a second round pick. Um, so this is we're going to get into it. But um, with the new CBA, I was say, a it's a perfect ch- time to mention that because that's yeah exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, um, it just this whole talk about um, what is it? The I'm already forgetting what they're calling it. The second apron. Um, teams are desperately trying to avoid the second apron, which is, um, basically, so there's 17, $17.5 million above the luxury tax. If you go above that, um, you're part of the second apron, which is, we'll get into more specifics, but basically there's all kinds of penalties that these teams are going to have to, you know, endure for going over that number. So a lot of these teams that have been aggressively going over the cap and just kind of paying fines here and there, you know, out of pocket. Now they're going to be talking about losing draft picks and not being able to sign other players that become available and stuff like that. So um, a lot of teams are getting scared off and just, and just trying to, you know, create flexibility for themselves so that they can do stuff during the season as well. You know, if things aren't going well, or if someone does become available, they don't want to have to like, you know, take themselves out of the running for those type of situations. So, yeah. um, no, I think it's a super important point because we, I see all over the place. I'm sure everybody else sees it all over the place. People saying that's all they got for this guy. And we've seen it, you know, with the, the Beals, the pools, the Collins, as you mentioned now, you know, that's, you know, all they got. And now we're seeing that there's reasons behind that. That's why they're not getting as much as you would assume or think they would get, um, for a, a young asset. Yeah, but I I do like it for Atlanta for the reasons, you know, we kind of just said about, you know, giving you flexibility. I think it's a chance for Quinn Snyder, who's now the head coach, it's a chance for him to kind of really put his imprint on the team and on the roster. Uh, Rudy Gay is a guy that he had in Utah, and he values having that, you know, veteran presence in the locker room. I think Rudy Gay is going to be an underrated pickup in that regard. You know, if he can stay healthy and contribute on the floor, that's great. But even if not, um, you know, relatively reasonable contract, I think it's like six and a half million dollars. And yeah, like I said, a guy that, you know, has been with him in Utah and been through those long playoff runs and stuff. So it's good to have guys like that on a young team. Um, You know, that's very they Very also important. they also have to open up space in Atlanta for LeBron and Bronny next year. So, <laughs> well, you know, it, it opens up space for a lot of different things, and you know, we're going to get into a lot of the stuff that happens over the course of the off season. But there's all kinds of rumors involving this entire Hawks roster. I mean, pretty much everybody is out there on the trade market, you know, at least in talks. So, um, I don't think this team's done by any means. Um, but a guy that I'm very interested to see what happens to is Anyeka Okongwu. I really like him. I think there's a chance that he could start at power forward um, or maybe even at center if something happens to Clint Capella. So we got to see how this team shapes up. But uh, Okongwu is a guy that I really like. I've got my eye on him as a potential sleeper this year in fantasy. He's already on the board. Um, but depending on what else they do, I mean, his – you know, his, his, uh, price could, you know, skyrocket here. 
yeah he'd be um not even just fantasy but even betting wise if, yeah you know, looking at that and then the same games and and things like that or even the DraftKings. uh yeah just, for sure you know, single stuff he could have huge value yeah and then for utah i mean the rich get richer the mm-hmm. the front lines get bigger <laughs> man uh just i i'm you know so you've got Lori markinen still gonna play the small forward spot You've got uh, our boy, Walker Kessler. Boom, Sagalaga! <laughs> He's in the middle. And now you got John Collins out there. Um, and Kelly Olinick, who was starting at Power Forward, his contract got guaranteed. So he's, as of now, still there, still on the roster. I assume that he'll transition to more of a bench role. I don't see Kessler going back to the bench at this point. Yeah, he better um, not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, the only uh, thing I see in Utah, it sounds great as far as, you know, the talent and some young guys they got there and the big guys, but they seem to, like, they don't have that. Uh, I mean, what, they got, well, I don't know if they still will. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, right? I assume he probably will be, I don't know if he'll be moved or not. But We'll get into um, it, but he's one of the few that are still out there in terms of player options. They ju- they just seem to lack uh, that, I don't know, that point guard driving playmaker ball handling kind of guy i agree and i think that if they get that uh the sky's the limit but they're yeah just, I feel like and that's they're the working on piece it they're missing yeah yeah and that's where maybe olenic is part of a trade that brings somebody in yeah we'll have to see um and that was it as far as trades go we already talked about the whole uh mavericks and Thunder and Sacramento Kings deal. Um, You know, I really like Rashawn Holmes and I think he just needs an opportunity to play again. You know, I think uh, your boy uh, Sabonis pretty much (laughs) put him out of a job in Sacramento. So this is a chance for a fresh start for him. And again, I I just, I like the fit in Dallas. I think, uh, you know, depending on what they do with the rest of their team, um, you know, that could be a really good opportunity for him to kind of resurrect his career. So. I like those those moves. I like those trades. Yeah. I was going to say, as far as just other a kind of option and free agency stuff that I saw that I liked, one big, the team option exercise on Ish Wainwright. Uh, we talked, you talked about him, uh, I think earlier this year, but, you know, he gets to play. He was, yeah, he had one game. What did he have, like seven threes last year or something? Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what game that was, but what in Phoenix's situation, obviously we know they've got all these big guys, big contracts locked up here. So now they got to put all these, you know, smaller uh, pieces around them. And he's a great fit there. Um, yeah. I think. We um, talked about how Phoenix is going to have to get guys like that, you know, strategically cheap, <laughs> I think is a good way to put it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, and it and that's just it, you know, value picks. Yep. And they um, send out qualifying offers as well to Jock Landell and Saban Lee. So yeah, those are more of those lower uh price guys that they can keep around. Yep. Yep. So good moves there. Um as far as the free agency stuff, so the first thing I wanted to bring up is um we saw Nikola Vucevic yep. and Nas Reed both sign three year extensions to avoid free agency. So those guys, um, Vooch is back with the Bulls on a three-year deal. And Nas Reed goes back to Minnesota on a three-year contract as well. So um, Vooch at <laughs> Minnesota is crazy. I, I think I, I don't remember what the numbers were, but between Cat and Gobert and yeah. Nas Reed, they've got like, I don't know, a billion dollars just locked up in those three guys. I, we're going to be saying this a lot, but I smell a trade. It's got to be. It's yeah. got to be. Something yeah. Something's something doesn't smell right there. Something's <laughs> brewing. <laughs> and then uh with with uh Chicago, Vooch is gonna, you know, go back and, you know, presumably be the starting center for them. And he said that part of the discussion that he had after the season was he wants a, a bigger role in the offense. He wants to be more involved, um, you know, be more of a playmaker, kind of be more like Jokic, you know, and play more kind of, you know facilitator type of role. So that's going to be interesting. I mean, we know that he has the ability to do that. He can step out, he can shoot, you know, he's athletic for his size and, you know, as long as he can stay healthy, um, you know, that should be able to work out for him. I think that'll help. I think that'll help some of the other guys in their team too, um, get some more open looks and stuff like that. So um, obviously the, the front office and the coaching staff bought into it because, you know, 
three-year extension. Yeah, that one's a commitment. Yeah, that one's like a 50-50 to me. I can't tell which way that one's going to go. He's, yeah, he again, that's like another one. Consistent, but yeah, yeah, we just need to see what the what these teams do with the rest of the rosters now, too. You know, that's exactly. that's the thing is like we can talk all about these moves, but uh, we can't really break anything down yet until we see the rest of the lineup. So um, I'm just going to list off all the guys since we last talked. Um, yep. We were we had all the guys on player options that we were waiting on. Uh, Chris Middleton did indeed decline his player option, and so did um, Javon Carter. So both of those guys were with the Bucks. Um, they are now set to be free agents. I think both of them are going to be back in Milwaukee. Um, Carter's kind of 50-50 to me, but Middleton, like I said last week, I don't see him going anywhere. I think they'll figure it out. They'll figure out a way to make it work. Um. And I do, for the record, I think Brooke Lopez is going to go back there as well. I saw an interview. I was laughing. Um, Seattle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so where Where do you want to play next year? And he was like, I want to play in Seattle. Yeah. I want to play in Montreal. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, that was great. Um, you mentioned Dante DiVincenzo. So, yeah, yep. he, I didn't even bring him up last week. Um, we kind of knew he was going to opt out of his – deal and yeah he declined his player options so he's a free agent he was with golden state last year um and Derek jones jr we we mentioned him with the bulls he wound up declining his player options so he's a free agent um andre drummond we're still waiting on he's also you know he was with the bulls he has a player option i'm um refreshing my screen right now to check on any updates but i'm not seeing anything <laughs> yet <laughs> So, um, yeah, as of now, we're still waiting on him. Um, the other big ones that we're still waiting on are James Harden and Jordan Clarkson. Those guys still haven't made their decisions yet. And, um, but they're expected to basically, you know, anytime between now and, you know, probably tomorrow. (laughs) Yep. Um, couple guys that, um, exercise their player options to stay with their teams. This one, we called this Victor Oladipo. That was, you know, pretty obvious. I'm going to say you called that one. You, well, you I think the, you put that one out there, but yeah, <laughs> I put it out there, but I think everybody and their mother knew, you know, he's set to make almost $10 million this season. He's not walking away from that. Uh, he can't even walk right now. <laughs> Actually, you know what? This is, this is unrelated, but we mentioned at the same time, cause we were talking about Porzingis. Um, we thought he was going to opt out and get more money based on his health this year. Does, did that trade change anything as far as contract? I didn't even look into that. No. So with Porzingis, he opted in. So he's going to make the, whatever it was, 32 million or whatever. Yeah. Um, But they're talking about doing an extension with him okay. Okay. now. So it sounds like there could be something there with Boston uh, more long-term, like maybe a two, three-year extension. Uh, I just don't want him to get screwed if anything. Unfortunately yeah. Well, I don't <laughs> think he would have done it if there wasn't something kind of agreed on. So, yeah. you know, again, these teams got to finalize their rosters and, and they've got to be smart about what they're going to do, but I think there's a plan in place there. So uh, that was a good question, but yeah. So Oladipo, he's uh, returning to the Miami heat. And like I said, I don't even know if he can walk right now. He's, you know, yeah. still recovering from his injury and, you know, it's going to probably be a while before he gets back on the court. I'm expecting probably, you know, maybe around Christmas or something like that, New Year's. Um, so we'll see. And then Taylor Horton Tucker with uh, yep. Utah Jazz, he exercised his options, so he's returning to Utah. Um, and that's a good that's a good move for for the Jazz because again, um, if they wanted to keep him, they probably would have had to pay more, and that would have been tough to do. So that. That's a huge break for them. A uh, few guys that um, got let go, basically. Um, Derek Rose, he had a team option that the Knicks declined. So he's set to become a free agent. And I think he's I, I he's probably, I don't think he's done done, but I think this might be it. Like I could see him going back to Chicago on like a minimum deal and retiring yeah. as a bull. I, I could totally see that. But otherwise, I think this might be it. Yeah, um, is it like a Udonis Haslam? <laughs> just, just sit on the bench and ride it out and be a uh, show the young guys how to do it. Exactly, that. exactly. And then um, two guys that got announced uh, yesterday, 
June 28th, um, Eric Gordon and Torian Prince, they both had um, non-guaranteed contracts that their teams um, basically declined. And so the Clippers declined um, Eric Gordon's guaranteed contract and the Timberwolves did the same with Torian Prince. So those guys both become free agents. And, and we talked about this before we came on the air, but this all has to do with that whole second apron and, you know, these teams are trying to avoid that luxury tax and simultaneously give themselves the flexibility to be able to go out and add players, you know, and again, it's going to have to be strategic as far as, you know, how many millions of dollars they can give per player. It's going to get really complicated. Um, we're going to be seeing a lot of that. I think we're going to see a lot more of it today um, after we post our pod even. So um, we'll have some updates next week. <laughs> For sure. As I say, as of June 26th, so three days before we're recording here today, um, there were 27 player team options, 76 qualifying offers, and 23 contract guarantees that were still to be all sorted out. Obviously, yeah. some of those did in the last couple of days, but that's a lot of action. Plus, it is else on top of that. So, yeah. And it's a lot of like, you know, smaller, lower end guys and stuff. But, you know, nonetheless, it's important and it and it leads to either more or less flexibility, you know, for being able to make moves and make changes and stuff. Um, the last note that I wanted to put out there real quick was uh, Josh Hart. We had mentioned him last week that he was declining his player option. Well, he and the Knicks agreed to extend the deadline on his player option to today, June 29th. So at any point, uh, we'll get an update on that. Um, I still expect him to opt out, but, you know, who knows? Maybe there's something in, in play there, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they're talking about an extension or something. So who knows? Yeah, no, for sure. This is also unreal. I forgot to say this when we were talking about the draft, but with, uh, with, uh, Victor, uh, Wimbenyama, I, uh, I forgot he, he had, he was going to play for France in the, in, over summer in FIBA uh, World yeah. Cup. And then he decided to change his mind. And I was like, good. Cause we saw what happened to Chet Holmgren with some uh, summer action and things like that. Yeah. So, well, the reason that he did that is because he's going to do NBA summer league. So it's kind of, you know, pick your poison. You know, I think with, with Chet Holmgren, he did it, you know, after true. summer that's league, true. he did it during the, you know, some of those other tournaments and stuff. Yep. So, you know, but the, the, know. the NBA summer league teams are usually pretty good about showcasing their players and then pulling them and saying, okay, we don't need you to play every single game. You know, we, we saw what we need to see, go ahead and rest up <laughs> and, uh, and take care of yourself and we'll see you in training camp. So For hopefully sure. that's what happens this year. But, you know, unfortunately with, with basketball and, and all of sports, you know, injuries are yeah. part of the game and his things his, happen. His frame and his height and that yeah. scares me a little bit. It's, it scares me too. It scares I, everybody. I'm sure. I, I, I hope hope he proves this all wrong. But um, yeah, I mean, he's still the no brainer number one pick. Oh, so. for sure. You you got to do it. No, yeah, not at all. So yeah, I think that does it on the uh, men's NBA stuff. Um, yep. I've got a few things here to cover on the WNBA update. Here's the update. Um. <laughs> uh, Real quick, uh, so some interesting news, and I thought I saw uh, Dwayne Wade was out there um, on yeah. social media. I saw some things. Um, he's looked into investing in his hometown, Chicago Sky. Chi-town. Um, so we'll see what happens with that, but I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yep. Hopefully get some more eyes and um, interest in the in, in the WNBA. Uh, all the numbers that we keep seeing week over week have been huge um as far as viewing and attendance and things like that up like 50 percent from past years and things like that so um something good's happening um doing some better marketing or anything or maybe pods like us you know talking about it a little bit more exactly um but yeah fantasy. Uh, yeah fantasy espn shout out for them doing that but uh brianna stewart um fastest to four thousand points in her 196 game she yeah. is a beast she's just one of the best out there. Um, she'll go down in history as one of the best uh, women's basketball players ever. So congrats to her. Um, the all-star starters were announced um, last week, and basically the biggest omission on there was Alyssa Thomas. Um, she's basically 
a walking triple double right now in terms yeah. of WNBA is concerned. Um, she's like the Jokic right now of uh, the WNBA, if you will. Um, she's the the first player in WNBA history to record back to back triple doubles. First player to have three in a single season, and she's got even more after that. When I saw, so now she's got I think she's got four or five now, um, and she's got five career triple double plus whatever she's had in the last couple of days as well. So she's crushing it and she's not starting so a lot of people got it on Aaliyah boston because she was actually named uh, as a starter but you can't take anything away from her she's having a phenomenal rookie year so yeah i saw somebody that say uh they put some post out there and i i clapped back at them it said uh that there was the top 10 starters that were in there and they're like i haven't even heard of eight of these 10 and i came back at him i was like dude this is eight of the top 11 fantasy scorers in wnba i was like obviously you don't know anything about the wnba yeah so. just you know stay out of it you know exactly either so, yeah. either watch and and educate yourself or just shut the hell up and go do something else with your time oh but yeah another cool thing i retweeted was uh chelsea gray um in Las Vegas, uh, she got the attention of Tyrese Halliburton and basically all of the NBA and any basketball lovers out there. But she had some incredible behind-the-back pass to Asia Wilson, uh, yeah, driving to the basket. It was it was pretty cool. Um, so I, cool. I retweeted that as well. Just a, one of the nicest, sweetest passes you'll ever see, right there. Very smooth. Um, so go check that out. As far as transactions are concerned um, and injuries, Brianna Jones was the big one. She's out for the season. I think I've talked on her real quick at the end of last week's episode. Yeah, I think so. Um, but uh, Achilles issues and she's out for the, the remainder of the season. So you can look for people uh, in Connecticut to uh, fill the void of her being out. Rebecca Allen could be one of those people. So take a look at her. Um, Phoenix actually fired their coach, Vanessa Nygaard. Um, Phoenix is the worst team in the WNBA right now. I think they're like two and I don't even know, two and 11 or something. Yeah, like it should be so. a <laughs> exactly he's making he's changes making, yeah making moves uh, across everything he owns right now so but uh that was uh, probably not too unexpected based on their record uh let's see who else shakira I, I guess, austin i yep shakira austin um out three weeks she was day-to-day -day. now i believe she's out about three weeks with a hip strain i've got a decision to make on her yeah you have anybody else on your uh IL or anything? Yeah, I've got Jessica Shepard still. Gotcha. Yep. Day to day, she's had an illness now for like almost three weeks. Yeah, I think it's driving me nuts. Right. I'm playing you again this week. Yeah, it's real close too. I'm coming off my first loss. <laughs> I'm I'm pissed because in in the league I'm in with you, I, I think I'm two and three, and the other league I'm four and one. I've got a lot of oh, wow. team on the other side. Yeah, so. nice. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I talked about Jordan Horston last year or last year last week. Um, in Seattle, but she's got some shoulder issues, so not the greatest pickup right now. Sophie Cunningham also in Phoenix has had some uh, back strain issues, so she, I have her actually on my uh, IR on one team. Um, let's see, who else? Uh, I think you actually might have picked up Christy Wallace in Indiana. She's been putting up some decent numbers. I dropped her, though. Okay. So <laughs> she's, she's available as far as just, you know, streaming and spots. yeah, I've, yeah. I've been streaming like one spot almost all week so i have out of going. necessity yeah uh dijanae uh carrington she's put up some huge numbers her last two games so she's somebody to look at and available in a lot of leagues and i always pronounce this wrong michaela onion out of phoenix uh She's been also putting up some decent numbers and available in a lot of leagues as far as picking stuff up as well. So, but yeah, again, I say it every week, more of the same, this, the stars and the people that are getting the minutes are continuing to getting the minutes and producing pretty well. And then you usually got one or two spots that you can kind of just uh, move people around, but. Which but is yeah. how it should be. Yeah. I think uh, that might do it for me though. That's all I got my brother. Yeah. I don't know if you got anything else. Good show. All right. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, they're always good. I love them. I'm Time to go, Marilyn. Doing this. Time to go, Marilyn. <laughs> but uh, yeah. No, we, we thank everybody for listening to Menace Podman every week. I think we're gaining some traction, getting a few more reviews. If you haven't given us a review, please get that out there. Leave messages. Even if you got suggestions on stuff you want us to talk about, you know, little mailbag, send us a message. 
Uh, we're on Twitter at Menace Podman. We'd like to thank uh, Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, all those places that let us get our podcast out into the ears of our listeners. Um, we always we got to thank Feedspot all the time for getting us on that list of uh, top fantasy basketball podcasts. Yes, thank you. Exposure. So we appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I, I think that'll do it. So appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Benemis Parliament.